0: Hi, my name is Dr. Julie Vajik Smith and I'm widely known as one of key Australian-based influencers when it comes to promoting elder well-being. I'm lucky to have a mix of skills. Clinical experience in treating common mental health conditions in late life, research skills. My doctorate examined well-being in home care workers and in my postdoc I researched on decision-making in dementia. I'm well connected with both professional and research teams here in Australia and abroad. You are listening to a special six-episode edition of my podcast, Voice of Aged Care, where we tackle some of the key challenges that arise in the aged care workforce. These include dealing with change, worker resilience, stress and burnout, boosting productivity, engagement, and coping strategies. I simply know that we are all here to do our best and to be our best. So let's look at the factors that can influence how we think, Heal and act and impact our sense of connection and well being at work. Thank you for joining me. Hey everyone, it's Julie here. This is episode two in the special edition of Voice of Aged Care, and we are looking at building blocks of resilience in aged care. So, in this episode, we will look at how we define resilience, the building blocks of resilience, self-awareness and action, and identifying what matters the most. Thank you so much for joining me in these special edition episodes. And uh, this is something that I really wanted to work on for a little while in terms of the the workforce. Um, in, In my previous episodes, we've covered a lot about Uh, well-being in late life and and how you can best support your your clients. But I wanted to take a bit of a focus away from the clients as per se and and look at a little bit more factors for the workers because – you you guys um you've given me so much invaluable feedback and information, and I just feel like i, I want to share it with you and I don't want people to be you know leaving the industry and and feeling you know disheartened because of you know the challenges that might be going through so I know that the topic of resilience is very closely related with um, intention to stay at work with worker turnover rates, and I know that historically Aged care has had really alarming rates of, you know, worker turnover and people leaving the industry altogether because it can get a little bit too much for them. So I'm hoping that this episode is going to inspire you guys and, and give you some tools and strategies that if you notice that things are not going okay, that you know what to do and where to turn your attention to. So when we talk about building blocks of resilience in aged care, there's a really lovely quote that I, that I read recently that says, persistence and resilience come only come from having been given the change to work through difficult problems. Um, and that was a really lovely quote by Tali. So before we move on with the episode, let's look at what, what is resilience and how we would define it. And I, I often ask this question when I'm running training and even with my direct contact with older people, you know, what is resilience? And it's like, pa resilience. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, so let's, let's define it so that we can make sure that we're all on the same page and it will make the rest of this episode even more relevant if we can um, get down to the nitty-gritty when discussing resilience. So I would define resilience as the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties. Now, those difficulties can be very subjective. For some people, it could be personal. So, you know, maybe health setbacks that they've had. It could be, you know, working through really challenging times, such as with COVID and lockdowns. It could be about working through a, a high peak period where we might be extremely busy and supporting a lot of very complex clients. Or it could be some difficulties that we might have interpersonally within our workplace and our colleagues and, you know, our interaction with one another. So when we think about the aspect of resilience, it can feel a little bit, like, overwhelming or ambiguous in a way too when we say, oh, resilience and stress and burnout and, you know, self-awareness. But, like, what the heck? Like, what do they have? to do with one another? Like, how do we actually separate the chicken and the egg? And what is what is the order that we think about this so that it actually makes logical sense and that we we understand what is what, what is going on and, and how we can um, differentiate between all these terms? So I'm really hoping that in this episode, we're going to get down to the bottom of a lot of those um, factors and, and, and get a bit of clarity around them. And I don't want this... Uh, this episode to be like a lecture, or it's not a lesson. It's not a, you know, necessarily like continuing professional development endorsed activity. But I, I think it's important that we we really work through these elements so that you can feel better in recognizing how um, the warning signs that perhaps your your resilience has been tested, and and maybe some of those signs that will tell you that you know you might need a little bit more. Um, strategies and support as well. And then I'll give you some building blocks of, of of resilience. So I'm giving you the definition of resilience, so the capacity to withstand or recover quickly from difficulties. And so how we know that our resilience is being tested is to to be aware of the the, the signs of stress that we might be experiencing. And stress is not just something about how we feel, if we feel, you know, low mood or overwhelmed. When we look at the signs and symptoms of stress, we look at four broad categories. Um, This is something that psychologists are really well aware of. But, you know, if perhaps your background is um, in another discipline, you might not be as aware of these things. So we would look at your emotional signs of stress, your physical signs of stress, your behavioral signs of stress and your thoughts as well. So emotionally, what we might notice that people have, and people are usually quite well aware of those as well, but let's cover them first just to get them out of the way. So, you know, people might feel irritable, they might feel anxious, they might feel low, overwhelmed, um, critical of others, critical of themselves. They might have mood swings and they might also get anger. So that's the first one, the emotional response of stress. And and I think a lot of you, this, this would resonate and it's like, yes, I can even, if I see someone who's so irritable and, and moody, yeah, that could be stressed. People are not as aware of what the physical signs of stress might actually look like. And so when we think about, well, we know someone might be stressed, but what sort of symptoms might they physically get? So what we would look at is maybe changes in their appetite. They're not eating as much, or they may be doing a lot of binge eating. They might be tired. They might experience a lot of general aches and pains, just feeling really worn out. Sometimes the stress can go into our tummies, and so we might get a bit of irritable stomach, which is very different if someone you know has gluten intolerance or irritable bowel syndrome. Sometimes people who have high levels of stress and who are experiencing that um, distress can actually find that their stomach is not able to properly digest foods. And so they might be rushing to, to a lot more quicker, um, even you know, um, using the bathroom a lot quicker uh, for, for urine, um, just because our body is just trying to get rid of anything that's causing our stress. So the message is then sent wrongly through our stress um, stress hormones. In that, anything that comes in contact with us is is a bad and stressful experience, and so it, it's trying to offload and reduce any any irritants. We can also start to express um, experienced skin rashes, sweating, grinding our teeth, muscle tension, and just getting unwell um, generally. Grinding teeth is a big one. Sometimes people might not even be aware that they're grinding teeth. So it could be during the day and they do it automatically without much awareness or maybe they do it at night in their sleep. So it's good to rule out if that's actually stress-induced. Behaviourally, with stress, we can see that we we lack motivation. Um, we might have emotional outbursts. We might be relying on substance. So, you know, getting into a habit of having a glass or two of wine every night. Might be withdrawing and just having reduced performance. And then our thoughts also can be indecisive. It can be really tricky to to make decisions. It can also be quite negative. Our thoughts can be negative. We might have lacking that perspective. We might just lack that objectivity around issues. We might experience irrational thoughts. We might be blaming ourselves a lot for things that have gone wrong, which are clearly outside of our control. And we might be preoccupied with little things um, and also personalising situations that um, quite clearly have nothing to do with us and um, have not occurred because of us and our interactions. But we might become more aware of what is going on and think that, oh, hang on a sec, something's not okay. It's probably my fault that's not okay. So we need to be aware of those things um, and the four elements and signs of stress can really uh, help us identify what could be going on for us and for our well-being. So self-awareness can really help to propel us into action. Self-awareness is about recognising and understanding our personalities, emotions and skills. And so when we work in aged care, this can help us recognise specific personal triggers when we support our clients and how to respond whilst maintaining a professional boundary. So self-awareness for you could be about recognising that you might be experiencing high levels of stress physically by feeling run down and feeling that, you know, work is getting a little bit too much for you. And thinking about what are those protective uh, strategies that we can use uh, to help to get us into action, Resilience is not a skill that, you know, you're born with. Resilience is really, it is like a muscle that you need to keep on working on and growing. And so what what we need to think about when it comes to those building blocks of resilience is six very important aspects of it. To boost anyone's resilience, regardless if you work as a home care worker, in aged care settings, if you are a sole trader, um, you know, even if you volunteer, these are the building blocks of resilience that you need to be mindful of. So it's your connection, um, building your relationships and fostering connection with other people. So it's not about having, you know, cast of thousands around you. It is about being able to have people that you feel well connected to and that ge- that gives you a sense of that purpose, um, connection And collaboration. So for some people, it could be just having a connection with two people that can minimise that isolation and social disconnection. Wellness is the second one. So looking at uh, your self-care strategies, what does self-care mean for you? It might not be about getting massages and booking tropical holidays. It could be little things like getting up half an hour early and just doing something for yourself, Or at the end of the day, before you go into bed, just doing something, you know, that you enjoy doing, having a bubble bath or, you know, if bubble bath is just the last thing you want to do, especially in the middle of hot summer, it could be about going for a little walk. Just being self-aware and connecting with yourself can really make a world of difference. It could be taking care of your body, your self-management strategies. For example, you might be wanting to do some mindfulness strategies. Um, You know, you can quite easily find those on YouTube or you might have a script that you do or, you know, Audible. Um, So this is something that, you know, I don't want you to walk away and go, oh, Julie said I have to do mindfulness. It, it, It is not about that. It is so much more about you recognizing what is going on for you and what would actually help you. And... Self-care for some people could be, you know, baking or, or cooking or could be gardening, but anything that really promotes your own wellness. And I really see this as being quite separate from your connection with others and being with friends. Your own wellness is really about taking care of you and your body. And I realize that a couple of activities might tick a couple of those boxes, but, but wellness, we really want people to be more self-aware of themselves. And that can be difficult if you're mixing with other people, if you're mixing with alcohol, if you're mixing with, you know, big events or, you know, if you going to concerts and things like that. I, I really think it's about that moment of silence and being in peace, picking your activity that suits you, as long as it's legal and not too expensive, um, that that could be your own wellness. and. I'll let you decide what that might look like for you. So the third one, so we've covered connection wellness. The third one is finding meaning. So finding meaning is about goal setting, evaluating um, and pursuing your values, what that might be for you, helping others and being proactive. The fourth one looks at your thoughts. So reframing and taking perspective around your thoughts. Are you using a lot of, you know, black and white thinking? Oh, I should, I could. I think it's really important to identify what um, your thoughts are and how we can reframe them and look at them from a different perspective. Uh, The fifth one is about your mindset. So acceptance, being hopeful, optimism, using your strengths more so than highlighting your weaknesses. Um, and considering a growth mindset as well. And the last but not least is looking at your uh, seeking help strategies. Do you know where to turn to if you feel like you need more help? Do you know what you would do about it? Would that be through, you know, talking to a friend, talking to your doctor? Would it be about reaching to a counsellor? Maybe through your work, there is the uh, employee assistance program and having a chat. If you feel that, your, your resilience and your well-being is being compromised. So, you know, the sooner we identify these factors that we might need a bit of help, the better the outcome. The more we put it off, the more likely it is that it will take us longer to overcome that. So the the building blocks of resilience highlight that, you know, resilience is a muscle that we need to work on and grow. And we can't just be resilient without any resources. We really need to focus on having those six building blocks to help us get through day to day not just in moments of crisis but as a preventative strategy as well to help us cope um, on an ongoing basis. Let me have a little break and I will be with you guys very soon. Hey there Julie here and you are listening to a special edition of my podcast Voice of Aged Care. In this six-episode edition, we are exploring key challenges that arise for the aged care workforce. We're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. In recent years, we've seen workplace wellness and employee well-being move up the priority lists. We are way more aware of the importance of worker well-being, both at work and personally. And this was the key research topic for my doctorate. Now, if this topic resonates with you and you want to learn more on how I may be able to support you and your team, let's connect. Please visit my website, wisecare.com.au forward slash resilience and fill in the details and my team will be in touch with you. That is wisecare.com.au forward slash resilience. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, Uh, just before the break, we were talking about resilience uh, and we were looking at the building blocks of resilience as well as the importance of having self-awareness and action. So what I wanted to uh, finish this episode with is to talk to you about what matters the most. And so I'm not going to tell you what matters the most for you or for me. I think it's a, a very helpful exercise that you can do by looking at the five most important factors in your life. So just looking at your hand where you got your five fingers and looking at what are the five most important things for me in my life right now. So, so for example, it could be people that are important to you. So your family, your friends, your, your, your fur babies, man's best friend, their dog. It could be that. It could be your success. So it could be about your... Um, you know your career, your work. Um, it could be something personal. Perhaps you're, you know, you've got the member of the month at your local gym, and you're, you know, it's really important to you because you've improved your health, fitness levels, reduced weight, built muscle. Um, it could be about your success as a um, opera singer. It could be your success at, you know, you maybe you you won a meat raffle at your local pub. So it, it's. What, what's important to you? And, you know, no judgment here, but it's, it, it is about what, what, what matters to you the most. It could be about some volunteer work or something that you've done with your charity or maybe with, it, you know, spirituality and your faith as well. Looking at money and, and freedom as well. So regardless of what your five most important factors are for you in your life, Once we've identified what they are, and I really, really highly recommend that you just write these down somewhere, so that you can look at that, have it on a post-it note, stick it next to your bed, put it, you know, another post-it note in your shower. Having these five most important things written down can really help reduce that overwhelming sense in our in our mind. Put in your diary, put in your calendar, put it in your phone. Have those five things right there for you um, is really important. So once you've done that. Our values and our goals, we can then start to engage in more helpful problem solving. So this is really called uh, this is something that's called realistic optimism. So once we have identified what those five factors are that's really important to us, um, what we hope to achieve, um, what matters the most to us, we can start to look a little bit more objectively at what strategies we have that will help us, what resources we have. What we can control, what is outside of our control and that won't be impossible as much. So this is where the realism comes into play because we really are looking at you know counting our five blessings, five most important things to us in our lives right now and so looking from you know health, wealth, well-being perspective, what is it that that that's really really important to us And so when we look at it from that, Positive, um, strength-based perspective, uh, and 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 the factors that um, really uh, add value to us in our lives, it can help us at times when we might notice those signs of stress that we perhaps need to be a little bit more aware of. Are we as connected to those five forces uh, that matters to us the most at this point of time? Or is there something that perhaps is not as relevant, not as important, that has been taking our attention away? And how can we then shift the focus from looking at things that are not as important and focusing what is on important, what is within our control? I hope I've given you some strategies in this episode today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. And I'll see you next time. Well, that is another episode of The Voice of Aged Care done and dusted. Make sure you don't miss out when I release another episode by becoming a subscriber on your app of choice. And if you can, please leave a review too. I'd love to know what you think of the podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Now, the next thing you need to do is go straight over to wisecare.com.au forward slash resources and check out my latest resources you can download for free it could be a book chapter 20 strategies to boost engagement with elders or my most popular resource five facts about me worksheet you'll be sure to find them all there wisecare.com.au forward slash resources i'll see you at the next episode